Here's Charlene Steinkamp. Welcome to Rejoice Marriage Ministries. It's the first Monday of December, and we are so excited that we're going to be celebrating our Lord's birthday. And I know that you could say, uh, I'm excited about Christmas for the Lord's birthday, but, but me getting there, me going through it, me going through it alone, me with having marriage problems, November and December have been my two worst months so far this year. And I totally understand. I know what you're going through with Christmas. Lord, we just praise you and thank you for tonight. Lord, I pray you will knock down the Jericho walls. I pray that any and everything that is a hindrance, it comes into all the Jimmy and Jeans and all the Barbers and the Sues and the Minas and all the other ones, Lisa's, that you would just touch all of these men and women to see the light, to hear the truth, and the truth will set them free, that they'll have a Damascus Road experience, that from the Holy Spirit just speaking to them so very loudly what they're supposed to do, go home. Come home to the Lord Jesus Christ. Go home to your husband or wife that's waiting. Go home to your children that need a mom and dad in their house together. It took two people to create a child, and it takes two parents to raise them, and they need their own mother and father. Oh, Lord, we just pray you will do mighty, mighty miracles this entire month of December. And, Lord, we just pray that you will move on all of these other people, these other people, these other men and women are not the enemy. Lord, you know who the enemy is. You know it is Satan. But Lord, we are looking at them as the enemy as they have been tempted to fall into sin and to take somebody else's spouse. So Lord, we pray for their salvation. We pray that they will go back home where I've heard tonight, even where a woman divorced her husband and had three children. There's so many children involved in these affairs and, and the two different families. Lord, we pray you will sever, cut, and destroy all these ungodly, unhealthy, adulterous relationships. We pray that you would speak to them to tell them to go home. We pray you will let them realize they need to let go of this man or woman and then they will go to wherever they need to go, wherever you want them to go, back to their family if at all possible. And we pray that you will just do a mighty harvest of souls and miracles of lives and being touched and saved and changed, transforms, and hearts to be softened. The ones that say, I'll never, never come home, which my husband said so many times, I'll never go back into that church again, did both. He came home and he went back into that church. So Lord, we just ask what you did for Bob, you can do for all of these. As you are no respecter of persons, you're the mighty, awesome God who created the heavens and the earth. And you can move the mountains of circumstances right now, suddenly and quickly. We pray you would stop all the divorces that I keep reading about every single day. Lord, block, stop, and cancel all these divorces. We pray that you they will never go back on the court date again. Lord, I pray that you will stop all these uh, non-covenant marriages to be married through this month. And we pray that you will move the mountains of changing people's minds or them just knowing it's never supposed to be. Lord, we ask that you will just heal and resurrect and restore dead marriages that seem hopeless, but when you touch them, nothing is hopeless. And we'll just give you the praise and the glory of what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's turn to Luke chapter 1. God's gift to us. I hope you already know who God's gift to us is. Who is it? Jesus. Who's God's gift to us? Jesus. 
Okay, we got to get excited about this. Where would we be if we didn't have Jesus? Where would we be? I would not want to be around. Jesus did it all. He paid the price. And we have got to understand that God's blessing and his gift to us is so valuable, so important, that even when he died on the cross, he left the Holy Spirit to be with us, to be the counselor, and to help us every day of our lives. So we have somebody here 24 hours a day to guide us. If we will talk to him, if we will just say, Lord Jesus, help. Holy Spirit, help me. God's greatest gift was sending his only son to earth to save his people and to save them from their sins. Zachariah and Elizabeth were having a baby. He sent them angels and he assigned them and he told them what he was going to do and they accepted the assignment. I'm sure you've read it and you've read our devotionals about Zechariah who said, how can I be sure of this? How can I know for certain that this is going to truly happen? Luke 1 verse 18, Zechariah asked the angel after he was told, and let me just go back at just a few scriptures and I'll read it, the story. But Zechariah was a priest and he went into the Holy of Holies and an angel was there and he says, do not be afraid. And that is one of your messages tonight. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid of being alone for Christmas. Do not be afraid of your finances. Do not be afraid of your health issues. Do not be afraid of all the circumstances you're facing about your family members or other loved ones. Walk in faith, pray, and keep walking and believing for God to do a miracle. It says here, Zechariah said he was gripped with fear, but he says, Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. That is the most important thing we need to believe and understand. I want to know, and I want you to know, and you to know, and you to know, that the Lord has heard our prayers, today's prayers, and he's working on answering them. And we've got to believe it. We've got to trust God. We've got to let go, let God, and we've got to just believe, have faith. But what happens? We can do it in our own flesh or we can let the Lord just touch us. And when we cry out to him, he gives us a peace that's beyond understanding. He told Zechariah, I know that your wife has been bearing, but you're going to have a boy. You're going to have a child and you're going to give him the name of John and he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And in verse 16, many of the people of Israel, he will bring back to the Lord their God and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit of power of, of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. But you know what? God's timing was perfect. And John the Baptist was the man, the prophet, that God had chosen to prepare the way for Lord Jesus. John the Baptist baptized Jesus. And he felt so unworthy to do it. Zechariah said, how can I be sure of this? How many of us have said, when, how long, how can I be sure you're going to restore my marriage? How many of us have said that? How many of us said, are you going to heal my body? I, when are you going to save my children? When are you going to get me a better job? When are you going to get my bills paid? 
if there's nothing else that you need to remember this Christmas, is God does speak. He sent the Holy Spirit to speak to you every day of your life. But we have to talk to him for him to talk to us. In fact, we have to do another step. It's listen. Now, that may not be the best subject for me to discuss. Praise the Lord, God does get to me. And when I read the Bible and when I have my quiet time, the scriptures leap off the page. And that's where he starts hitting me over the head and starts speaking to me and starts giving me scriptures to pray for and all. We need to listen. This is going to be a hard month. We know it is. I want you to say, okay, what can I do every day to make it be a blessing to the Lord? How can I be a gift to our Lord Jesus? You know, we love to receive gifts, but how can you be a gift to other people? It's not something you have to buy, but maybe you can invite him to church. This month, say, Lord, instead of give me, give me, give me, Lord, what can I give to other people? Now, you may not have a lot, but I can remember when all the kids were growing up and were having a, a tight Christmas that I made those little banana breads. You remember how you make those in a little package? You can get three out of a package, and you can just wrap them up in a little foil and put a little bow on it and take it to neighbors or friends. They will love it. But you know what? It doesn't cost that much. And there's so many different things you can do that are not expensive. Ask the Lord, what can you do to help somebody else? That's my challenge. I can't give you all the different ideas. You need to say to the Lord the next two or three weeks, Lord, what can I do to help somebody else? Now, you will be blessed more by you doing that than by saying, Lord, help me, help me, help me. And we need to show our kids what they can do to help other people. You know, toys for tots or all these different things. Let us give to somebody that's worse off than us. And that's what we need to remember to do. Mary was challenged by the Lord that she was being highly favored and when she was going to become pregnant by the Holy Spirit and have Jesus. Joseph and Mary both had to make a big decision. Joseph was spoken to in a dream by an angel and said, take Mary as your wife. Let me read that. In Matthew chapter 1, it says, in verse 20, But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. This is Joseph. Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Do you know of one person that needs to be saved from their sins? Oh, I think we know more than one, but I think there's at least one or two that you might be high on the list. And you know what? I need to be saved from my sins. Every day I ask the Lord, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of opening my mouth and saying the wrong thing at the wrong place at the wrong time. Or, you know, just maybe not opening my mouth. I should have just shut it. We've got to say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Now, let us go to the birth of Jesus. Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. 
While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. You know what? Your spouse may have no room for Jesus in their heart right now. You may know family members that don't want you to talk about Jesus. They don't want to talk about anything religious. They respect you to have your faith, but they don't want to hear about Jesus. There's no room in the end. We can understand that. Joseph and Mary were looking for a place to have her have a baby, to have her have a bed to lay in. Being nine months pregnant, you're pretty miserable. And here we are. There was no room in the end. And you know what? It ended up that the shepherds came there. It ended up that wise men came there. You don't need to have everything perfect. When your spouse comes home, you may think you've got to have your spouse come home and everything to be made perfect, just like in a movie. Please let them come in in whatever shape, whatever way. You prayed them home. Don't shut the door and say, there's no room in our house unless you do this, this, and this. But say, you know what? I love you, and we'll work this through. I'm changed, and I'm going to change, and I want you to know that the kids and I love you, and we want you, and, and we just got to work on it. We got to find out that, you know what? Marriage, you have to work on it, two of you. And, and the best part is when both of you start praying for each other, and the best part when you pray together. But we need to understand that sometimes we're going to be tempted as a standard to say, there's no room in our home until you do this. I know. Bob wanted to come home, and I refused him because I was so angry. I was so bitter, and I had unforgiveness in my heart because of all the things that he had done. I'm not forgiven him. So we've got to be careful. And I'm warning you now, we've got to change our hearts. Be careful. Be careful you don't become an innkeeper that says there's no room in this inn. You know what? All these things are to give you encouragement to believe that we've got to be careful that we do not say there's no room in our home for our spouses. No room for the ones that need to have help and encouragement. Verse 8, And then there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Now do you know that angel said the same thing to Zechariah? He said it to Joseph, and he said it to Mary, and now he's telling the shepherds. Do you know what he's trying to tell you? Do not be afraid of your circumstances that you're facing right today. Do not be afraid. I hope you're getting this message. God's gift to us and his message to you tonight is, do not be afraid of what you're facing. Whatever it is, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Not some people, but for the Jews, for the Gentiles, and for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. 
glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Do you understand what he's saying to you? Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. Do you need peace? Do you need peace right now in the midst of your storm? Do you need peace to get through December? Then go to the Lord. He is the peacemaker. He is the one who has given us peace. And when the angels had left him and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they seen him, they spread the word. I want you to understand, we are not to keep standing and praying for marriages a secret. We're not to keep our salvation a secret. We're not to be Christians that are covered up and like soldiers wearing camouflage outfits and saying, we're going to blend in. We don't want to be known as a Christian because we don't want to cause any ruckus. Well, let me tell you, there's a lot of faiths that do not blend in and they, they're very strong. And we need, as men and women of the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to be bold and we need to stand up for the righteousness, the holiness of our Lord God. We need to proclaim that Jesus loves you. We need to say in a loving, gentle way, when the Lord brings you a person who's going through marriage problems, thinking about divorce, that you tell them there's an alternative. And you share with them and say, go to the internet, or I'll get you a book, or I'll send you a CD. Do something. God's giving you an opportunity to spread the word. Are you silent all the time? Or are you spreading the word? Are you a witness to the Lord of what he's given you? So we need to see that even the shepherds who had to travel, they went and spread the word. What are you spreading? Are you spreading depression, oppression, defeat? Separation is better than living with them or divorce is better you know, in fact, I'm moving on with my life. I'm going to go on to a second marriage, a third marriage, and a fourth marriage. What are we spreading? What are we speaking? What is our light saying? Or have we put a bushel over our light? That we go to work, nobody knows I'm a Christian. I'm going to stand there when they tell the dirty jokes, and I'm going to go there and listen to all this other stuff. In fact, I'll go to the bar with them, and I'll go to the dirty movies with them. And I could tell you a few other places they go to. No, you're not supposed to go there. You're the light. You've got Jesus. The Holy Spirit is going with you every place they go. He's with you. But he's also speaking to you, telling you, will you get out of here or will you speak to them about me and share? See, if you don't speak up, who's going to speak up to your spouse and be a witness to them? If you're silent all the time, then why is the Lord going to send messengers to your spouse because you're not doing it are we going to be a silent christian or are we going to really go and spread the word spread the news but see the shepherds went and spread the word concerning what they had been told about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them but mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising god for all the things they had heard and seen which were just as they had been told. 
we need to know about the visit of the wise men. Have you ever seen a nativity story without the wise men? So let's go to Matthew chapter 2, please. The Magi, or wise men, came from the east, and they were experts in the study of the stars. And the wise men went to Jerusalem, the capital of Israel, seeking to find the baby king. Jesus was between 40 days old and 2 years old when the Magi, the wise men, went to search for the Lord Jesus. Let's start in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. Now, do you know that that is exactly what was said in Micah chapter 5, verse 2? We need to understand, in the Old Testament, God had the prophets write this down to prophesy about the birth of our Lord Jesus. The child was going to be born in Bethlehem. That's just showing how many things of all this Bible is, how it goes through, and over and over keeps confirming it. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child, and as soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. And after they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Do you understand the power of God to show these three wise men how important? I'm going to show you. You just follow me, and I will show you where I want you to go. So when they saw the star, they were overjoyed on coming to the house. They saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to the country by another route. Okay, let's look at that. There was a star directing them, and they could follow it to find exactly, without a GPS, without a map, without stopping and asking for instructions, they were able to follow the star that God put in the sky and say, this is where I want you to go. They did not know what they were going to find. They thought they knew, but they had to obey. Here is a star. These men studied the stars, and they knew this was a different star. This was different, and they wanted to go and seek and to find and follow. Are you willing to listen to the Lord and follow his will, his way, his plan for you and your marriage, for your life, for your children's future marriages, for their lives. Are you willing to pay the price and follow the star? 
follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Follow the Holy Spirit's voice telling you, stop. Stop. Right now. The Lord is knocking on your heart's door. And he says, I want you to follow me. I want you to obey me. Will you do it? And that's what we've got to come to understanding that God has a plan and a purpose. He wants your marriage restored. He wants the best for you. In Jeremiah 29, 11, if you don't know this by heart, this is a good scripture for you all to learn. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Isn't that something to be excited about? Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. Now, I have circled, I need to call upon him. I wrote that in red. I circled red, call upon me. I need to come and pray. That means you need to set some time that you will pray to the Lord, that you're going to talk to him. And then you will seek me. There's that seeking. The wise men were seeking and looking for that light, that star. Were they not? You need to seek the Lord. You need to seek his light. You need to seek his way. You need to seek his voice. You need to seek his directions. And find me when you seek me with all your heart. He doesn't want half of your heart. He doesn't want, oh, I'll worship you on Sundays and I'll go to church on Wednesday night or maybe I'll do this. No, he wants you 24 hours a day. He wants you to sell out to him. And until you do... You know, he's, he's going to keep knocking at your heart's door to say, I want all of you. I want you to surrender your life to me. I want you to make all your rights wrong. I want to direct your steps. I want you to follow me. I want you to listen to me. And he's got plans and purposes far beyond what you can even begin to imagine. The wise men had gone and they took their gifts. We've got gifts that we can give to the Lord each and every day. Our time with him. We need to pray. We need to pray. And so what we need to do is we need to be able to follow the Lord. And the wise men followed the star and they worshipped him and they gave him gifts. You need to tithe to your church. Isn't that what the Lord says in the Bible? The Lord says give your tithes and offerings to the Lord. But we also need to listen to him because guess what? If they had not obeyed the Lord, what would they have done? They would have gone back to Herod and would have told Herod what they found, where they found it, and guess what he was going to do. He was going to go find the child and kill him because he knew that this was the Messiah. He knew this was the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. But guess what? Having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. They obeyed the Lord. And you know what? The Lord is speaking to you. And if he's not speaking to you yet, we have a teaching. God does speak. Get that, because I never knew the Lord could speak to me. I was deaf, felt I was deaf, dumb, and blind, you know, when I was starting to stand because of all the trauma and all the pain and the hurt and the anger and the bitterness and all the circumstances going on. But the Lord said, I want to speak to you. And he started speaking to me. And I said to him, please write it on the wall because I cannot hear you and I can't see you. So write it on the wall. But he did better. He wrote this Bible for us to read. And all of a sudden, it started having scriptures leap off the page and he was speaking to me. I was thinking questions and he was answering them in the Bible to me. Now, I know you've had that happen. How many of you have had that happen? Okay, I'm not by myself. 
So if you haven't had it happen yet, ask the Lord to say, speak to me, Father. When I come to you today, Lord, speak to me. Show me what you want me to hear today through my devotion time or through my prayer time. Speak to me. And God does speak. I just want to tell you, when you listen to this Christmas story all through this month as the pastors and you hear different people share about Christmas, please start looking at it in a different way about you and about us and about our spouses and about our family members of what we need to do. Can we be like the shepherds? Can we be like the wise men? Are we going to be like Zachariah? How do I know this is going to really happen? Will you please write it down, guarantee it, stamp it, and until you guarantee it and stamp it, I'm not going to do it any longer. That's, that's what a lot of us say. And that's exactly what happened to Zechariah. Thank God Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid the price. He zipped Zechariah's lips for nine months. He couldn't talk. He couldn't talk until his wife bore the child. And he wrote down the name John. Once he wrote down John, he could speak. Now, I'm telling you, we're blessed that we don't have our lips zipped. Or we might all have a lot of silence in our lives, wouldn't we? For not obeying the Lord or questioning the Lord. This Christmas, some of you are going to go through difficult times. This may be the first year without your wife or without your children here. There are families that are having to take their children, put them on a train, put them on a bus, put them on different places, and send them to their father or somebody else's house for one or two weeks. I know what the courts do. I know what the papers you've had to sign and do for your kids. I know parents have moved away to be distanced themselves. But I'm telling you, regardless of how far your children are or what you have to go through, your Lord is right there with you. And he wants to help you through every moment. But you have to spend time with him and not pick up the phone maybe and get on your knees and say, Lord, help me. Speak to me. Get me through this. And as we've heard tonight, God can give you a peace. He can give you hope and encouragement like never before. Now let me go to a scripture that I love that's in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10. And I'm going to close with this scripture tonight. Verse 35 on. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere. So that when you've done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. And let's go down to the next chapter, 11 verse 1. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And we can skip to verse 6 and it says, And without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards. There's that word again, rewards those who earnestly What's the last two words? Seek him. What's the last two words? Seek him. him. What did the shepherds do? They sought the Lord Jesus Christ, the baby Jesus. 
What did the Magi do? What did the wise men do? They followed the star to seek baby Jesus. What are we supposed to do? We need to seek our Lord Jesus Christ each and every day for restoration of our marriage, for our own personal walk with the Lord to be close. We need to seek the Lord how to raise our children. We need to seek the Lord how to pay our bills. We need to seek the Lord how to get a better job. We need to seek the Lord in every decision we need to make. We need to go to the Lord. You might even get a journal and write down your questions and then say, Lord, help me, show me, guide me, direct me. He's going to be your refuge. He's going to be your shelter. He's going to be your counselor. He's going to be your guide. He's going to help you. But you got to what? You got to do what? Seek him. And you know what? That's not meaning that we can't talk to other people, but we need to seek him first. Lord Jesus, we just praise you. Oh, we want to seek you. Tonight we have been seeking your will, your way, your hope, your encouragement to believe that you are in control of our marriage problems. You are in charge of every situation. You are in charge of our family's health. You're in charge of our family's finances. You are in charge of our children's lives. You are in charge of helping me and everyone make the right decisions in all the trials and tribulations that any of us may go through. But Lord, we must seek you. We must be that Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13 that we know that you have a plan and a purpose far greater than we can ever begin to imagine. But we need to seek you. We need to know that we need to call upon you and come and pray to you and that you will listen to us. It says, you will seek me and you're going to find me when you seek me with all your heart. Lord Jesus, I pray that every one of these men and women that have come into this room will truly seek you in a new way, seek you with a new, more powerful, more personal relationship they've ever had with you before. Lord, I pray that these people that have come in, that they will seek you and have answers given to them that they've been wanting to know for maybe months or even years of what they're supposed to be doing about their marriage. I pray you will show them, you will guide them as they seek you this month of December. Lord, may we be the lighthouse. May we go and share and may we bring the gifts that you want us to give to other people. May it be of our own time, our own love, maybe a note to say thank you. But Lord, show us what gift do you want us to bring to you this Christmas? What is your gift that we can do to help you to radiate and share the light that is truly the true meaning of Christmas is your birthday, your birth, that you paid the price after you came to this earth and died on the cross for all sinners. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for doing that. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you for our family's salvation. And Lord, I pray for the ones that do not know you personally that they will come to know you. And I pray for every one of these family members, every one of these prodigals, every one of these standards, that they will even grow in the Lord. I pray for their prodigal spouses that are not even here tonight. They will be here in the future and be able to sit with them and say, my marriage was restored. Suddenly, God does do miracles of restoration. God does heal and resurrect dead marriages. Lord, I pray that you will touch these people and show them miracles through each and every day this month of December and guide and direct their steps to know that they can celebrate, they can radiate their Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, may you 
truly speak to them so very loudly this month that they know that they know they have a Lord that is in the miracle business and that you have a plan and a purpose for their children, for their life, for their marriage. If we will not doubt and be like Zachariah and question over and over, but we'll walk in faith and victory, believing with perseverance, fighting the battle until the devil is defeated and our marriages are restored. And we'll give you the praise and glory of all what you're going to do. Bring the prodigal children home for Christmas, Father. Do supernatural where they pick up the phone and start calling and communicating with their parents. Open the doorways of silence on so many uh, marriages that are so silenced. There's just this wall of silence. Knock down the walls of silence this Christmas. Lord, there are spouses that are getting divorced this very month of December. I pray you will cancel and remove all those court dates and they never go back on the docket again in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray for the other people that you will touch all these other people. They would come to their senses. They would escape from the trap of the enemy and they will go back and uh, live a Christ-like life. They will go back and repent, go back to their own families. Lord, these other people are not the enemy, but we pray for their salvation and that they will let go and release and, and do whatever needs to be done to let the husbands and wives come home suddenly and quickly and sever and cut and destroy the soul ties in that relationship that has been going on for a while. Lord, we ask that you give that spouse when they come home to have the strength to say no communication, no contact, nothing. It's over. It's gone and that you will heal their heart and remove all the memories in the past we'll just give you the praise and the glory that you are going to resurrect restore heal and build marriage to be stronger and mightier because it's built on the solid rock of our lord jesus christ thank you lord for healing thousands and thousands of marriages this very month in jesus name we pray amen You've been listening to Charlene Steinkamp. You can write the Steinkamps at P.O. Box 10548, Papano Beach, Florida, 33061. The Steinkamps also invite you to visit their website at rejoiceministries.org.